This is your radio station, Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri, The Key. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, December 15th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Three people were injured Monday in a crash on Route Y. 72-year-old Richard Kennedy of Rocky Mount was driving when the truck turned into the path of a vehicle driven by 39-year-old Larry Fields of Eldon. Fields sustained moderate injuries and Gloria Fields, a passenger in his car, sustained serious injuries. Both were transported by ambulance to Lake Regional Hospital. Another major step has been made for the Rock Island Trail. The state of Missouri has accepted ownership of the railroad corridor, bringing the trail project closer to completion. Plans for the trail system include transforming 144 miles of former railroad that stretched from Windsor to Beaufort, Missouri, into a public recreational trail. The land was donated by the Missouri Central Railroad Company, a subsidiary of Amron, Missouri, at no cost to the state. From Camden to Versailles, the Lake of the Ozarks is decked out with holiday light displays. From the 27-acre display in Lori to religious-themed displays like the one at the National Shrine of Mary. There are amazing holiday lights for everyone here at the Lake of the Ozarks. Take an evening out with the kids and check out the Osage Beach holiday lights in the park or the Christmas Village at Old Kinderhook for a dose of Christmas fun. For more stories like these, head to lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play to get more Lake of the Ozarks news. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. Lakeexpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. NBA saw its first game cancellation of the year last night. A COVID outbreak on the Bulls. Ten players testing positive, so the NBA postponed their game against Detroit last night and their game tomorrow night scheduled for Toronto. Again, those are the first casualties of the season due to COVID. On the ice last night, the Blues pick up a nice win on the road against Dallas. They'll be home to the Stars on Friday. College hoops tonight. MSU Bears will be at home against South Dakota State. The Bears 6-4 and four on the season. Mizzou at 5-5 five and five, off until Saturday when they host Utah. The 9-4 and four Chiefs looking to make it seven straight wins. They'll be in L.A. to play the Chargers tomorrow night with first place on the line. The Chargers just one game back of the Chiefs in the standings. Chiefs have scored 351 points so far this year, giving up 268. They're 6-2 and two at home, 3-2 and two on the road. Tennessee, Baltimore, the Patriots, Tampa, Green Bay, Dallas, and Arizona are the other division leaders at this point. 
college football. Mizzou getting ready for the Armed Forces Bowl. That's coming up Wednesday the 22nd against Army. They'll play that in Fort Worth. Of course, the Final four is set, the national semifinals. It'll be number one Alabama against number four Cincinnati on New Year's Eve and number two Michigan against number three Georgia in the other semifinal also on New Year's Eve. Be sure to check out KB's new show on Lake TV, What's Burning? Lake TV bringing you five local lake area shows, including What's Burning with KB, and you can watch that on Como Channel 90, free on Roku and Fire Stick, and streaming live 24-7, 365 at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part through a generous donation from Victoria Station. Misty Atkinson talks about Victoria Station. We offer a large selection of home accessories and gifts in several different styles, several different themes from nautical to contemporary to traditional. Our goal is to bring well-priced products into the Lake of the Ozarks that serve your home accessories and gift-giving needs. We are located just off the Case Road exit in Osage Beach, and we're open seven days a week, 9.30 to 5.30. This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. Hey, it is 8.07. Good morning, and thank you for uh, joining us on what is a 68-degree day at this moment here in beautiful downtown Camdenton. We're broadcasting live from the Key Gathering Place, The Daily Show, uh, South 5, South Business 5 in Camdenton. If you'd like to swing by and see us, Bill is here, Ike is here, KB is here. And let's talk a little bit about this weather because it is going to uh, play a major role in what you've got going on today. So you probably want to keep in the back of your mind that we do have an opportunity for some showers and thunderstorms tonight. Uh, They are set to uh, possibly uh, maybe even kind of focus uh, on uh, a portion of the day. A stray severe thunderstorm is possible today. 73 the expected high. 43 the low tonight. Thunderstorms early. A few of the storms may be severe. And then possibly some more activity later on tonight. So just be ready for it. Battery-operated weather radios with fresh batteries. Or maybe you got a hand cranker. Keep your phone charged. And uh, just get ready for anything that may come our way. 
They're not anticipating anything like what we experienced uh, last Friday, but they do say uh, the possibility of uh, some severe weather does exist. 808 is our time. 53 the high tomorrow, 54 on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Saturday's going to be a cold one. 39 for the high and a low of around 20. Now, just uh, what, today it's uh, going to be around 73, and then on Saturday, 39 degrees. Sunday, we hit a high of around 43. And then on Christmas Eve, things not looking too terribly bad for traveling on Friday. 48 the high, 33 the low. Then Christmas Day, a high of 52 and a low of 35 degrees. 808, and uh, good morning, everyone. Bill, hello, good, sir. And good morning. And Ike Skelton, good morning to you, sir. Good morning, my friend. Good morning, Bill, my friend. What's uh, what's shaking? What's new? What's exciting? What's uh, What's been going on? Uh, well, you know, the weather. You're just so doggone hot outside. The streets are sweating. Um, I don't know, my friend. There's just a lot of things going on in this world these days, and uh, uh, it's hard to keep up with it all, I'll tell you that. Well, it is kind of hard to keep up with it, but I think that uh, I think we're doing a pretty good job. Really, uh, really decent job. Um, some good things for the state of Missouri, showing that uh, revenues will hit a record high next year. So we had uh, Scott Rydell in, and he was talking about the state's surplus, and plus the fact that we're going to be getting money from this infrastructure bill to the tune of 7 to $9 billion, plus this 12.5% sales tax that will phase in at 2.5 cents a year over five years. You know, I just think that uh, the state of Missouri should have the best of everything at this particular point, don't you? You would hope so, and I would uh, caution everybody to think about those numbers because the county commission here were told some numbers, and uh, the state got those numbers very wrong about yes. the monies they were going to get. So, yes. so we always want to make sure that we have the money in that hand before we spend it, you know. See it on uh, paper, see it, make sure it's in the bank. That's right, you know? but you know how lawmakers are, man. They'll spend that money just as quick as they can possibly They're already spend salivating it. over the <laughs> opportunity of what they can do with this money. That's right. Uh, the That's governor right. and legislative leaders have agreed on a budget framework that assumes the state's revenue will grow to a record amount. See what we just talked about. Yeah, That's you know, exactly what we just talked about. I think that it would, wouldn't it be smart maybe to have, uh, so governments don't need to have a whole bunch of surpluses and, and uh, money just laying around every year because if they do, then that means they're probably taxing us too much and maybe they need to give some of that back. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Good luck. Yeah, yeah right. But, uh, you know, I mean, that's that's a thought process. And, and I would almost rather see them uh, have that just a little bit of surplus and a little cushy room rather than, oops, we created something and now we can't afford it. You know what I mean? Um, They're always filling some sort of a giant void. Yes, right, exactly. Uh, it's my understanding that the, uh, and, and I get in the weeds because I don't know that much about it, but I understand that the insurance uh, or, the, or the state retirement fund might be underwater a little bit or will be soon. And uh, they've been talking about that for several years. It's kind of like Social Security. They talk about it, but they, they never really look at doing a whole lot about it. Yeah, once, once the interest rates were um, artificially kept low, all of these funds couldn't raise the money that they needed in order to uh, satisfy the requirements. So that's happening all over, the <coughs> excuse me, all over the country, all these retirement funds being underwater. Yeah, so that's something, and and I don't, you know, Missouri's got, I guess, a pretty good retirement fund. I don't know, um, and I don't know that we're as sky high crazy as like, uh, you know, uh, uh, California and some of those other places are. But, you know, that's something that needs to be looked at because uh, uh, if you do your uh, uh, time with the state and uh, you retire, and and they tell you that you should be able to. 
uh, rely on X amount of dollars a month, then, uh, you know, I mean, you believe in that and you set your salary on that and you se- or you set your budget on that and, and you set your lifestyle on that. And, and uh, you know, I think you have to honor that. I think you have to make sure that's right. So maybe they need to look at that a little bit and then, uh, kind of like here in Camden County, I would say the next thing you need to take a look at is uh, roads and bridges and make sure, because, you know, it, it comes back to something that you and I have talked about on the radio for years. What is the function of government? What are they supposed to do? And obviously the state has different concerns than a county, has different concerns than a city. But one of the biggest things I have to, you have to think about is the infrastructure. You have to think about, in Camden County, you have to think about roads. Uh, you have to think about uh, what is it that the public needs every day? I, I was thinking about these ARPA funds. Um, and, uh, you know, could you not say that uh, being able to get uh, COVID patients to the hospital is a priority? Therefore, we need to have uh, roads that uh, uh, are, are better in tune to, to facilitate ambulances and whatnot. So maybe we need to throw a bunch of this ARPA money into roads and bridge and, and uh uh, the county just did a did a deal where they they evaluated, I think, uh, through some special means of, of how roads in, in in Camden County are suffering, and um, they now have more of a scientific uh, method of looking at where to to put their funding so that they can best. Uh, do things instead of, you know, I mean, I guess now it's kind of like uh, the complaint system. You know, you get enough people call in, well, let's go take care of that road, and then let's go take care of this road, and there was no real methodology to it as much. You know, it's interesting about infrastructure. It always kind of seems to be one of the last things that we think about, and here's why. Back in, what was it, the 50s, they started building this, uh, was it 40s, 50s, this beautiful interstate highway system, to uh, you know, to get our, our goods and services to where they needed to go, and you know they did various projects along the way and probably you know maintained it because you have to. But then I think about things like uh, you know sewer systems, water and sewer systems, sure. and how old and antiquated so many of these systems are. They put it in initially because they knew they needed it, and then you get you know the growth that we've had down here, and you hear about some of these places that are having trouble keeping up, you know, and they talk about a rainy day, it just stresses the daylights out of some of these systems because people, especially in the summertime when you have visitors down at the lake. So I think it's important, and I know Lake Ozark was going through a big, how do you do with uh, roads and, and things along those lines, but I really think that's almost something that you have to keep in the forefront, especially if you live in an area like the Lake of the Ozarks where growth is uh, something that we see each and every year, it seems like. Uh, in recent years, we've seen a whole lot of it. You know, the uh, real estate industry, uh, their claim to fame is that they smashed the billion-dollar mark in, in sales twice. Twice. Yes, twice. Twice. Two years in a row. I didn't even know we had that much to sell. <laughs> and, 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 you know, they're, they're fi- well, I was over at a friend's office the other day who's a real, uh, real estate agent, and um, there's an area over on the Shawnee Bluff side and that thing is just, uh, there's plenty of room, and uh, it's taking off, man. It is taking off. You've got the villages over there. You've got Portisima, and You've got all kinds of different things over there. And uh, there's plenty of room for growth. They certainly incorporated that when they were initially sitting down to put all of it together. So great news for the Lake of the Ozarks area. As we continue to grow, we need to grow with 
the things that people need to have when they're here at the lake. You know, whether they're living here part-time or full-time, it makes no difference. That's right. You, we, we focus a, a lot on uh, what business is going to come in next, but, but we, you know, on how to economic development, which is important. But you've got to have that infrastructure and that foundation before we can have, uh, have all that growth. Yeah, you have to be careful of infrastructure, though. I, I remember years ago taking my daughters to New York, my home state, and they were just enthralled by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were, uh, uh, we, we, my family home was about 90 miles north of New York City. And we flew into, I think we flew, yeah, we flew into New York City. And we had to drive home. And uh, we went on the Taconic Parkway. The Taconic Parkway is about a 200-mile freeway <coughs> that runs from New York City up to Albany. And it's like driving through a park. They were they were just amazed by it. All the perfect manicuring of all of the roadway along the parkway. The parkway has curbs. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's cool, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it costs gazillions of dollars to maintain that. But New Yorkers expect that. They they expect it to be like Central Park. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you can run into the same concern at Lake of the Ozarks uh, because people are coming from St. Louis and Kansas City, and they expect that park-like condition. Well, you know, you've got uh, what they do, the uh, uh, Horseshoe Bend Special Road District, which keeps that area up and looks beautiful. And, you know, those people come to expect it, and those people that live over there are willing to pay a little bit more in order to have it. So you've got a choice. You can either, you know, live somewhere and, uh, you know, expect that sort of thing and be willing to pay for it. Or if you don't like it, pack up uh, all your troubles in your old kit bag and smile, 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 and get the heck out of there. Yeah, or, and that might be a good way to do it is to let the local residents pay for the, uh, the the beauty of it all. Yeah, but I'm talking more along the lines of things that are necessary to support and sustain people here at the Lake of the Ozarks, like uh, you know, good sewer and water systems, things that are capable and competent, things that you don't have to mess with all the time. And, and I think that's very important. And with all of this construction, I, I, I think the area commands something like that. You can't, you know, you can't keep, uh, you know, putting duct tape on something, you know. <laughs> well, I know that uh, DNR and the EPA would probably love to have uh, Camden County require some sort of a county sewer system, sure. which... Uh, so we, we, ought, we ought to get ahead of the curve then and do something exactly. before they come along and mandate it. Exactly. Well, I, I uh, yeah, but think about the cost of a county-wide sewer system. I mean, you talk about $112 million to fix the roads. That wouldn't even be a scratch. Yeah, and it might be better to do regional, smaller well, things. Well, you're, you're going to have to because, I mean, with the terrain, with yeah. the lay of the land yeah. around here. All the li- yeah. You know, y- you go into a place like, you know, St. Louis or Kansas City, and you want to put in a sewer system, sewer and water, yeah, it's flat. Uh, you know, I Not that big a deal. You, you can put in natural gas. You can put in all sure. kinds of things. But you have to down here, I'm sure, uh, and any of the uh, contractors, uh, excavators, things like that, that do anything along those lines can probably tell you tons of horror stories oh, about okay. things that they've run into just maybe trying to, to build one property or help you know excavate one property. Well, you know, they say that uh, stuff doesn't roll da- roll uphill, you know. It all uh-huh. rolls downhill. Well, uh, you've been to plenty of these places around here. There are some driveways that I have to get into to go down to these houses, and if it's wet like it is right now, 
I put on my brake. I start sliding down the doggone driveway. Yeah. It's so steep. You know, that's scary stuff. Or you have to park and, and walk. Yeah, well, yeah, you park at the top of the hill and walk down to the doggone thing, and then you, you have to have, like, ski poles to get back up the <laughs> doggone driveway, you know. Uh, but uh, so there's a lot of challenges there, and I think that uh, yeah, I'm not an engineer by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I think something more regional uh, would be better than a, a like a countywide connected system. Um, you know, like I said, I, I, I think that's not really all you with, can do at this point. You know, yeah, you, you know, hook ten houses together into some sort of a, a regional something, and then jump to the next ten houses or whatever the case might be, instead of each house having to have its own septic system, mm-hmm. uh, which is also not uh, that great of a deal. If um, I mean, there are rules and regulations for all that, but uh, so septic has come a long way here at the lake. It the sure from the days of just dumping your sewage into the lake. It sure has to people that you know require. Uh, you have a, a sound septic system, a sound septic tank, and it brings to mind a, a group that we've talked about on this program from time to time, the Council of Local Governments, which actually offers people, uh, I think, uh, a loan of some type to fix or to get your septic system taken care of. Huh, a loan, huh? Wonder where they're I think it's a low-interest loan, yeah. I wonder where they're borrowing that money from. I couldn't tell you that, but yeah, we, right. we've talked about that with him before <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. past. Sure, sure, sure. And anyhow. <laughs> so, so, but, uh, so, you know, just uh, think about how we're spending this money and uh, use it a little more smartly. Uh, but I like the idea of what they've done with uh, Road and Bridge here now. They can start looking at, at uh, things in a more scientific manner and, and uh, do some prioritizing, you know, and, and try to fix things up as it goes. And, and you know, you talk about all the curbs and all this. You know, if you just have a – if you do a, a good foundation on a road and you do a good asphalt lay on that road and do it the proper way and have the drainage right and the surface right – I think we have natural beauty right here at the lake, just what God made. We mm-hmm. don't need to uh, do a whole lot more to it, for real, uh, when it comes to just driving around the uh, just driving around the area. So, you know, just a good laid, good foundation road and uh, maintain that. I think people will be quite happy with that sort of stuff. I hope to see some of this money used as, uh, you know, a, a means to tackle the problem of growth at the Lake of the Ozarks because it you know it, it just it happens gradually but then you have an instance like COVID where it just goes crazy and you have to be able to have things in place ahead of time so that uh, if you have the growth but there's no real way of predicting whether or not something like this is going to happen I mean you have to you don't have a crystal ball that says well you know for the next two years we're going to see a lot of folks and then it'll start tapering off and who knows what, but I, I think it's really opened a lot of eyes around the country and around the world to the Lake of the Ozarks and what this place offers. And so many things, absolutely it has, without question, but so many things that we react to or need to be prepared for, we're not even in charge of or responsible for it occurring. Yeah. Who would have ever known that we would have had some sort of a, an outbreak like this of, of the COVID and because of freedom and liberty and the way we run our our area here that we would have had this influx and huge influx of people and the you know the zoom calling now or whatever instead of being at your office you can now do so much by uh, remote and computer that's the I mean that's been around but it wasn't a there wasn't a big emphasis or a push on it until now you know yeah. we don't want to be around humans so that made uh, the lake of the Ozarks much more attractive right. you know and so who, who we had no control of look at 2008 when the other side of that coin flipped right and the the uh 
the real estate market just tanked, mm-hmm. and and everybody was tanking. The economy went to went to heck, and nothing was happening around here at Lake of the Ozarks. It was dead. Uh, so uh, at least in comparison. So the unfortunate part about that is. You know, like you said, predicting that sort of stuff, especially when it's it, it, it's something like that that is such a big swing. There's no graduality to it, you know. Well, you 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 know, you hope for the best and prepare for the worst. And uh, I think one of the best ways to do that is to leave yourself some room to grow, leave yourself some wiggle room. Uh, as they say, don't put all your eggs in one basket, obviously. But you know, at, at some point, this is going to plateau. And then yeah, we'll so. probably see a decrease in the amount of people that are moving here. Uh, and if you and, and just let me tell you, folks, if you're new to the area, we're we're sure glad you're here. But if you're from one of those states where they have you know a bunch of BS going on, leave that back there, please. Absolutely. Leave that back there. You if you like what you see here at the Lake of the Ozarks, don't come here and try to change it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. and you know it's like uh, when I lived down in Lebanon. You know they they were always talking about growth. Yet it's the smallest, friendliest city. And I can't think to myself. And I would tell people, I said, well. Do you want it to be as smallest, friendliest city that you know, or do you want to grow like Columbia, Springfield, St. Louis? Because you have to figure that sort of stuff out. Do you want to be the small community where you know your neighbors and, uh, you know, things just kind of have a slower pace to it? Or do you want to be have a big city atmosphere? And I think that is, we're on the edge of that, that knife edge here at Lake of the Ozarks right now to where we could flip to a much larger type of atmosphere or uh, uh, we'll stay in the in the kind of the smaller, quieter area. You know, I don't know. And we always had a we've always had the 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 Osage Beach side, and then we've had the quiet side, right? Which is that, uh, not really that so quiet anymore. It's not that's very quiet anymore. That's right, brother. It, they're booming up yeah, over yeah, around Laurie area. They're going, you know, it's just going crazy Laurie over Sunrise there. Sunrise so. Beach, all of Yes, there. absolutely. So I really wish you know uh, one of the things when I first moved here. The, the the trek that you would take on Highway 5 from Camdenton to Versailles, and you used to see all of these businesses open, and now you see a lot of them that are for sale or for rent or for lease or dilapidated or falling apart. I was always just, I always thought Gravoy Mills was a cool town, little just a little town as you're, you know, chugging up Highway 5. And there's a little area of Highway 5 that's, that's down there that... Uh, supports uh i guess uh, maybe like a almost like a strip mall kind of uh, yeah. setting of, of of businesses when you're going through gravoy mills i wish somebody would go in and invest in that and build it back up again they had gorilla burgers there man and and one of the first things i ever did when i uh i moved down here was go over and have gorilla burgers and and so we did a live broadcast from there and I was with the late John Morlock. Now, John Morlock, that is with Heroes Outreach. That's not who I'm talking about. I'm another gentleman I used to work with, which uh, he was a salesperson, and he has since passed away. But he took me over there specifically to have, you know, a burger at Gorilla Burgers. And I had several. <laughs> they were good. <laughs> but, you know, things like that. And, and I'm sure a lot of people around the Lake of the Ozarks have fond memories of some of the things we used to have. Yes, we're evolving and we're growing. And then uh, you mentioned this TIF commission, which we'll, I think we'll talk about after uh, news at the bottom of the hour there you go. <laughs> um, and kind of get that all figured out and uh, give folks some insight. And for any of you out there listening this morning that have the insight, give us a call, 573-633-5395, 573-633-5395-KEYK. And, and, you know, there's a lot of things I wish, you know, would come back, 
there's a lot of things that people who come down here and visit wish we had. Um, you know, how do you span that great divide? How do you make things, uh, you know, suitable, compatible for everyone? Uh, but I kind of came here in the late, I moved to the lake area in the mid to late 80s, right? And so it was still, after Labor Day, we rolled up the sidewalks, everybody, you know, a lot of people went other places sure. to continue uh, employment, whether they went down south or, you know, I had a buddy that went out to Colorado and worked at the ski resorts and stuff like that. But it's like you like you said, I, I think it's that fine balance. It's that, you know, we like progress. Um, you know, we like to see some of the modern conveniences, some of the franchises that are here. But at the same time, we still respect the small business, which is what has been the backbone of the Lake of the Ozarks, the mom and pops, the restaurants. And, you know, I'll tell you one thing. I I don't care, you know, how you feel about things, but I feel like shopping locally as often as you can is the best way to do it because it benefits people here at the Lake of the Ozarks. Now, some people would say there are certain businesses where the money goes back to wherever they originated from, and that's true. And I'm, I'm not saying don't shop locally at a certain business. I'm saying... You know, just let's try to keep as much money in our community as humanly possible because it benefits uh, benefits its full circle. Sure, look at how many people... Okay, so so when the, when the uh, uh, outlet mall was booming, okay, yeah, you could say that that money went back to, uh, you know, Levi USA or whoever owns Levi's or, or whatever the case might be, you know. Uh, but local people worked there. Right. Local people had to... Fix things there, right. heat and air guys, right. and myself and others. You know, we all worked on this sort of stuff uh, to maintain things. So even though maybe the the margin of the profit of the product they sold went back to corporate whatever, mm-hmm. uh, again we had that we had that still that that uh, system here. And I would love to see a thriving uh, uh, outlet mall again and truly be an outlet mall because I, I used to go shopping there. I used to go there quite a bit. You know, I and, actually, uh, a buddy of mine was a general contractor, and he bid for a job to uh, remodel some of their stores. Uh-huh. And so when I was kind of in between jobs, thank there goodness, go. thank goodness, Swung because we went in, yeah, we did what we needed to do, and then he ended up getting a couple of more jobs there when, you know, some of the other folks that saw him, I guess, you know, uh, he, he went to bid the job, he got the job. Uh, saw somebody, knew somebody. We did, you know, we did yeah. probably three or four stores as far sure. as remodels sure. in the outlet mall. 8.30, and uh, I guess there is uh, some hope that uh, the outlet mall is going to get uh, some sort of a revitalization. Going to do something with it, aren't they? Uh, I'm hoping that these folks let's are still intent. Let's yeah. see. Yeah. Uh, let's see, because man, oh man, would that certainly provide a lot of jobs here at the Lake of the Ozarks. And then, of course, we have to have that affordable housing. <laughs> 831, let's get to the uh, local lo- local news with Stacy Johnson from LakeExpo.com, your trusted news source, and the one, the only, the man, the myth, the living legend, Chris Schneider from Lake TV with a check of sports. Looking forward to seeing my buddy Chris a little bit later on today. 831, you're listening to Key Radio. Stacey Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, December 15th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. 
Three people were injured Monday in a crash on Route Y. 72-year-old Richard Kennedy of Rocky Mount was driving when the truck turned into the path of a vehicle driven by 39-year-old Larry Fields of Eldon. Fields sustained moderate injuries and Gloria Fields, a passenger in his car, sustained serious injuries. Both were transported by ambulance to Lake Regional Hospital. Another major step has been made for the Rock Island Trail. The state of Missouri has accepted ownership of the railroad corridor, bringing the trail project closer to completion. Plans for the trail system include transforming 144 miles of former railroad that stretched from Windsor to Beaufort, Missouri, into a public recreational trail. The land was donated by the Missouri Central Railroad Company, a subsidiary of Amron, Missouri, at no cost to the state. From Camden to Versailles, the Lake of the Ozarks is decked out with holiday light displays. From the 27-acre display in Lori to religious-themed displays like the one at the National Shrine of Mary. There are amazing holiday lights for everyone here at the Lake of the Ozarks. Take an evening out with the kids and check out the Osage Beach holiday lights in the park or the Christmas Village at Old Kinderhook for a dose of Christmas fun. For more stories like these, head to lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play to get more Lake of the Ozarks news. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. Lakeexpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Tow. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. NBA saw its first game cancellation of the year last night. A COVID outbreak on the Bulls. Ten players testing positive, so the NBA postponed their game against Detroit last night and their game tomorrow night scheduled for Toronto. Again, those are the first casualties of the season due to COVID. On the ice last night, the Blues pick up a nice win on the road against Dallas. They'll be home to the Stars on Friday. College hoops tonight. MSU Bears will be at home against South Dakota State. The Bears 6-4 on the season. Mizzou at 5-5 off until Saturday when they host Utah. The 9-4 Chiefs looking to make it seven straight wins. They'll be in L.A. to play the Chargers tomorrow night with first place on the line. The Chargers just one game back of the Chiefs in the standings. Chiefs have scored 351 points so far this year, giving up 268. They're 6-2 and two at home, 3-2 and two on the road. Tennessee, Baltimore, the Patriots, Tampa, Green Bay, Dallas, and Arizona are the other division leaders at this point. College football, Mizzou getting ready for the Armed Forces Bowl. That's coming up Wednesday the 22nd against Army. They'll play that in Fort Worth. Of course, the Final four is set, the national semifinals. It'll be number one Alabama against number four Cincinnati on New Year's Eve and number two Michigan against number three Georgia in the other semifinal also on New Year's Eve. 
Be sure to check out KB's new show on Lake TV, What's Burning. Lake TV bringing you five local Lake Area shows, including What's Burning with KB, and you can watch that on Como Channel 90, free on Roku and Fire Stick, and streaming live 24-7-365 at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. Key Radio is financially supported in part by generous giving from Firefly Valley Farms, coffee roasters and beverage solutions. Firefly Valley Farms believes coffee is a big deal. It's their passion. They owned a coffee shop for 11 years and have been roasting coffee since 2006. When you order coffee, they freshly roast it and ship it directly to your home or office and you enjoy. Nothing compares to coffee this fresh. Firefly Valley Farms also takes pride in supporting growers that utilize ethical and sustainable processing practices. In addition to coffee, they have a family-owned and operated fruit orchard nestled at the bottom of Hudson Hollow on the banks of the Little Niangua River in Roche, Missouri. Firefly Valley Farms protects our land, rivers, our bees, and our bodies by using only organic pest management. Learn more online at fireflyvalleyfarms.com. The Serving Table provides free meals at Key Gathering Place, Wednesdays 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. and Thursdays 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. It's the continuing mission of Jacob and Carly Lamb to serve people in need. But this is not just about free food. Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Spiritual food is as great a need as the meals Jacob prepares, and we need volunteers to join in so the Serving Table can open every day. Learn more at KeyGatheringPlace.com or search Facebook before the serving table. If you've got a topic you'd like to share with the community, contact us right here at 89.3 The Key. 837, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us on this beautiful 68 degree day with uh, a lot of wriggle room in that uh, forecast still to get us up to a high of about 73 degrees. It's going to be windy, we might see some rain. And there is also the potential later on for some severe weather. So again, uh, just to, just cover your bases, right? Make sure you got fresh batteries in the weather radio if that's what you use. Maybe you've got a hand cranker. Uh, make sure your cell phone is charged. And uh, then, of course, if indeed any severe weather makes its way through the Lake of the Ozarks area, we have any power outages like we did last Friday, you will be prepared and uh, able to stay up on things. And it's also a good idea, folks, when you are preparing for severe weather to make sure that uh, you have a severe weather plan. What if everybody's together? What if everybody's apart? Do you have all of the things that you need in the event uh, you do lose power? Hand-operated uh, can opener, batteries for radios and other things. Uh, do you have some of these uh, chargers that uh, you can use for your cell phones that don't require electricity? Some of them are solar and store the energy. Also, adequate supply of food, water. Um, you know, if you've got little ones, make sure you, all, you have all the baby supplies. If you have pets, make sure that's taken care of as well. And what is a good idea to start doing is to maybe someplace in your home, get, get some simple shelves, easy, easy, easy peasy. And uh, what you do there is you start stocking your shelves. And, you know, when you are uh, needing something, you kind of rotate through the stock a little bit so it doesn't get old. You always have some fresh water there and, and things along those lines. And something else that we learned from Renita Jones, who is uh, someone who takes, you know, being prepared very seriously, uh, is make sure you have documents, uh, things that you might need, insurance, uh, health insurance, home insurance, whatever you might need, and have several copies of these documents made. 
and keep them in different places. Some people have what's called a bug-out bag, and a bug-out bag normally is for survival purposes, but again, you can uh, you can construct your bug-out bag however you like, whatever makes sense to you, the way you want to do it. And you can have uh, copies of, you know, I don't know, birth certificates or whatever you think you might need in there as far as your documentation. But, you know, keep these things in mind and prepare adequately so that when severe weather moves through, you've got a place to shelter. Uh, you've got a plan if everyone's not together. Maybe, uh, you know, they call somebody out of the area just to check in. Uh, have all the things that you need, medications and the like, and uh, be ready when uh, whenever things uh, kind of roar through the area. 8.40 is our time. And I, I did not know this, but I do know now that uh, there is some TIF commission that's being put together or has been put together. Yeah, so I attended the uh, Camden County Commission meeting yesterday, and I guess there had been um, a bunch of talks uh, about this uh, potential uh, of a uh, indoor sport complex being uh, built uh, over on the KK area. I'm just curious, who's spearheading this? You know, I didn't get into all the names and, and different corporations or whatever, right. um, but uh, I'm sure it'll come out in the paper here pretty quick. Maybe we're breaking news otherwise. I don't know. But... Uh, um, so they voted on, and again, they've been, been in talks with this for some time, and um, the idea is a, an indoor sports complex and uh, possibly uh, a hotel and uh, maybe two or some other development to go along with it. So um, what they voted on yesterday was whether, uh, whether this development corporation, and they, they paid up, they had a check on, on the application for 20 grand. Uh, to help pay for the attorneys and and the people that are going to look into it and, and the that's viability. That's just a drop of the bucket. It don't. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's chicken feed to those folks. But you uh, might get out of the block, but you won't go very far. Yeah, right. So, um, uh, but they're going to now convene a commission and uh, and look at it. And Commissioner Gohagen was uh, probably a holdout to to not let it happen. And uh, he may have voted no. I don't I don't remember correctly, but I think he did. Uh, but. Uh, his idea was that is since it was, um, if it was going to be just the indoor sports complex, there's really nothing here to compete against, and he was kind of okay with that then, but because there were hotels possibly in this development, he didn't want to because that then competed with other hotels that are in the area that didn't get a TIF, and, and I get that. Uh, I, I'm generally opposed to TIFs in, in, in pretty much any manner just because of that. Oh, but I, they, they provide jobs. Well, yeah. So does so does Ballpark National, and uh, they didn't get a tiff. And uh, uh, what's the other example somebody brought up yesterday that was fantastic? They didn't get a tiff either. Another local development. Did the Encore get a tiff? I don't think they got a tiff, did they? So uh, you know things of that nature. Uh, if people want to develop something, they can develop it. If if it's viable and they know it's going to work, uh, they can they can develop it without the uh, uh, tax incentive. So. Um, but uh, there is now going to be the first ever tax commission or the TIF commission convened in Camden County for the potential development of this indoor sports complex uh, somewhere at the end of KK. TIFs create an amazing, amazing amount of uh, issues for other entities, schools. Uh, you know, you have a school that's coming out with a bond issue. Uh, also, like fire protection districts, uh, that's why they have to get out and and see. They're not politicians. They're not people that ha- enjoy getting out and trying to ask the you know the the city or the county for money. But as I said, as we stated earlier, see, this is something that people need to keep in mind. 
When the expressway came through, it changed the logistics of how these firefighters are able to get to an emergency. In some cases, I'm sure, it lessened response time. But more importantly, you got to look at those areas where it increased response time. Sure. You know, nobody cares. When you call, you know, and dial 911, somebody's on there and, you know, you're trying to plead your case and tell them what's going on and uh, so they get the right, you know, people to you. Uh, and, you know, I know a lot of people aren't big on taxes and bond issues and things like that. But, folks, as the area continues to grow, we have to be able to maintain the things that are necessary to, you know, get people the aid that they need. You know, if it's law enforcement, look at some of these law enforcement agencies around here. Uh, they're not equipped. They're not adequately equipped to to take on, you know, some of this uh, growth that's taking place right there in their own communities. And so what do you do? How do you how do you uh, compensate for that? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure. Well, you know, that's an interesting segue. I don't know if that was your intent, but, uh, you know, we come into the show and, and think about things to talk about and, and uh, hash over. And, and one of the things that I was looking at here recently is the amount of uh, the rise of crime in this country. And uh, how these cities are just, they're just going, they're, they're going crazy. Uh, Los Angeles County is up, I don't know how many hundreds of percentage or whatever on carjackings and uh, murders and all these sorts of different things. And look at the, the smash and grabs that they're doing. And is there a police department that you could fund properly to deal with it? And then if there is, what does that police department look like? So... Uh, I think an awful lot of times something like that, a part of it anyway, is uh, what are you going to do to make sure you're protected yourself? Um, well, but, I, think, um, I think all we have to do is look at Camden County, Miller County, Morgan County, the three-county area. Uh, I will tell you that uh, Miller County, <laughs> you know, deputy per you know amount of oh, yeah. people or a, a, a amount of miles that yeah. they have in that county. That thing is way out of whack. Uh, Camden County to some degree as well because you've got, what, Richland? You've got uh, Climax Springs. Yeah, all the way to Climax Springs. And, I mean, come on, if there's an emergency. And, uh, and how, do you, how do you spread your resources out evenly in order to compensate for all of that? So uh, the county obviously has to rely on the local municipalities like Osage Beach, like Lake Ozark, like Camdenton, like Sunrise Beach, like Lori. And how do they incorporate, you know, uh, where jurisdiction is, and then you look at things like, you know, response time. Again, we go back to response time. People don't expect to have to wait when there's an emergency. I mean, it yeah. is just, you know, you dial 911. As I said, you get the dispatcher. Uh, you know, they're trying to do things to better locate uh, people so that they can get there quicker. But you have to have the resources available. And Lake of the Ozarks is very unique in a lot of areas. There's one way in. And one way out. The topography will uh, yeah. throw you for a loop sometimes. That's right. Think about getting out to Shady Gators when there was the you know the issue out there. Um, I've tried to go out there to unlock a car a couple of times, uh, you know, around midnight or whatever. You are not getting out there fast, and you're not getting out of there in there fast. You're not getting out of there very fast either. Uh, Lights so, and sirens don't always, you know, don't mean always help. Anything. That's right. You can only clear. You can only you can only clear cars so far off the roadway so that another vehicle can get through. Right. And uh, but uh, you know, speaking of the of the west end of the parkway, and you know the the, the whole change of that 
really, really screwed up those businesses along uh, the old, you know, old 54 and where our shop is and on down the road. Uh, and, um, you know, really, you know, they put the exits in to help some out a little bit, you know, so people get whatever, but Case Road and, and Nichols and so forth. But, man, it really, it really, uh, really devastated things. There's still some areas that are, are quite um, not very heavily trafficked and, and very, you know, Unaccessible. Not lot, well, <laughs> not a lot going on. There's just a lot, not a lot going on. You don't see the business there and you don't see the traffic, which has an upside, <laughs> you know, if you're trying to get around. But for those businesses, it's not an upside because uh, you need traffic. Now, I have to tell you, on our end of the road, uh, the our end down there by Harmies and, and Harley-Davidson, and uh, we're, I think, actually kind of coming out of it just a little bit. Um, there's some new development going on there, and Harmies is a great store right down the road, and and uh, the Dollar General just up the road from us really helped a lot. And Well, uh, you've got so. kind of your anchor businesses along that road. You've got the Harley-Davidson. You've got Slumberland Furniture. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, that McDonald's is sitting there vacant, wondering what the heck they're going to do with that. Everybody was saying, no, it's going to be a Chick-fil-A. Well, I have yet to see a sign or There's no smell way. the aroma of Chick-fil-A. There's no way they'd build a Chick-fil-A right there. That'd be the s- silliest place for them to put in a Chick-fil-A. If they want to build a Chick-fil-A, build it over by the new McDonald's. That'd be the smarter place. I mean, I guess. I think, and, 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 you know, I really wonder how well that new McDonald's is doing. because They're, they're packed. Are they? All the time. Every well, you live right there. So I, yeah. I do. Yeah, I live right yeah. there off KK. So yeah, it's a. Uh, um, so then I think about this sports complex going in down at the end of KK, and uh, here we are again. You got one way in and one way out, and it's a state road. So where is? And it's a pretty good. It's pretty good road. KK is pretty decent. Uh, pretty pretty good uh, layout there. Uh, I wonder how they're going to help maintain that, you know, and make sure that it's good to go. So. See, and that's the nice thing about ballparks national. They built out almost in the middle of nowhere so that they can accommodate. And you've got 54 that runs right by the place. And so the thing now that they've done, and I find these things fascinating and I love them to death, it'll go from one lane and split out to two lanes for about a mile, mile and a half, and then come back into one lane. And that is just so cool because then you get all the people out there that are just kind of rubbernecking and doing that sort of thing, and you can blow by them. Ask ask. Luke Hagedorn or Brendan Matthews about our trips down to Springfield and how long it takes when I'm driving. Anyway, <laughs> 8.49 is our time. I, I, I didn't see anything, and, and I'm kind of sitting here because I don't want to get too distracted playing on my laptop here, but have either one of you seen anything about this TIF commission uh, and the sports complex as far as any information on it? I don't know. Because, Bill, I know sometimes when we're talking, Bill's pretty good about finding stuff on the interweb, and so maybe we'll uh, task him with that this morning. And I'd, I'd like to hear more about the TIF Commission. I'd certainly like to hear more about this sports complex and who's behind that and footing, footing the bill or asking for you know funds or this TIF or what have you. And certainly anybody out there listening this morning that knows about it, 573-633-5395, 573-633-5395. So give us a call this morning and fill us in. Help us out here. Yeah, I um, again I digress. Un- or, you know, unfortunately, I didn't have, uh, didn't grab all that information yesterday. Well, but, I know uh, somebody who will help us with this, and he will help us handily, and that's none other than Dave Maupin, sure. who will uh, yeah. be in on Monday of this week because we won't be here Friday, and we won't be here the following Friday, which is Christmas Eve, and we won't be here the following Friday because it's New Year's Eve. So Dave is uh, going to move from his usual Friday spot and uh, jump on board with us on. 
Monday, this uh, coming Monday, which will be, let's see, I believe the 20th. Yeah, that sounds right. One, two, uh-huh. yeah, 20th. And then again on the 27th. And uh, then again, I believe on, which will be the what, uh, second. That's too like much that. math. I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> You're just, doing good, brother. Uh, That's too much for me. I'm just, you know. <laughs> Thinking too far ahead. Kind of doing some guesswork here. So I, I hope those dates were, were, were correct. Yeah, how many days in November and blah, blah, September? And yeah, I, yeah, I never did days that. in November, all the rest <laughs> of that, and then yeah, some of the 31 and then the whole deal. Yeah. Anywho, we're uh, we're investigating the uh, potential for this uh, TIF commission and then uh, this sports complex. And and what is it with sports complexes? I mean, you know, we we wanted the big soccer field and that that, that fell through because uh, taking the lodging tax and doing whatever you want with it and then saying we're going to use a majority of it for the soccer field is is. Uh, I just don't know if you think people are stupid or what. Well, you know, one thing about uh, a TIF for, let's say, the soccer field, and there was definitely some opposition to any kind of a TIF yesterday at the meeting. Always. And uh, the soccer complex was going to be a, I mean, that's one layer. It's soccer. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's it. You're not going to, if you're not having a soccer game there, you're not going to have something else, right? Uh, at least with this domed indoor type sports complex i suppose that yeah right uh could you roll up the field and have concerts in there i don't know could you have uh uh, could you would would it be a a multiple type of situation could you have monster truck rallies yeah well you know the last one i was at was where it was at the mccowan center down in lebanon yeah 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 and they and i sat there and i thought Man, this place seems like a little small for monster trucks, but they pulled it off. They did. I saw a demo derby in there once. And then we had um, out there on the state fairgrounds at the Mathewson Center, which is named after my former boss, Jim Mathewson. Ah. Um, Yes, I knew he was a Democrat, but I don't don't even know who he was. I knew that. they had, uh, in the Matthewson Center, they had monster trucks there. And, oh, that was really cool, man, because I got to ride in a monster truck. Bonito. It is the most awesome experience. I mean, you can't really do a whole lot because they're essentially built for one person. Yeah, right. But they rigged it so I could get in there and ride with them. Oh, man. <laughs> just driving over those big dirt dirt dunes, man. Sure, and just, sure, you know, sure. He, and he, he did a couple of things w- with me that I'm thinking, you know, this is a little, a little sketchy, huh? I've only got one pair of underwear. <laughs> so, anywho, 8.53 is our time, so we're going to look into that and see what we can come up with for next hour. I will tell you tomorrow that uh, we hope to get a phone call from Mary Kay Von Brendel talking about the nursing home sing-along that they've got going on. If you'd like to join these folks, I think they're going to be taken off Saturday from Big Sur parking lot. We'll get all the particulars from Mary Kay tomorrow, and we'll see if we can uh, squeeze a little information out of her about what's coming up for 2022 at Ozarks Amphitheater, which, again, looks to be another big year. I mean, this is just, this facility, I, I you know, I credit these people with doing something that a lot of people probably wouldn't want to uh, take on in the first place. Number one, here you are trying to revive this facility, get people back in there, and they've done so. And, and you know, their I think their overall plan is to get you know, bigger and bigger acts and bigger and bigger names, but you have to get into the rotation. You have to let these uh, various bands know where you are, you know, and and, uh, then you, you know, you got a band maybe coming out of Kansas City or St. Louis or they're going to be in the Midwest somewhere and they can very easily get there. 
And that's another one of those kind of one-way-in, one-way-out scenarios. Not necessarily. You've got five right there, Highway well, 5. Yeah. And, 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 and it's not that big of a deal. But to me, I think that, you know, if we're going to have a facility like that, we need to do a little bit more to support it with roads and infrastructure, certainly. That's just my personal thought process. But um, somebody said, well, they built that parking lot up there on top. Well, I... <laughs> That's it, not what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think that's one thing that government can do for businesses to ensure or to help with economic development or to help attract someone is if that you have the infrastructure in place and the atmosphere. You have to have an atmosphere where, and I mean an economic atmosphere, I mean a people atmosphere, a law enforcement, a medical response, all these different things that, that people want to look at. Uh, if, as long as government creates the atmosphere, I think people will come. You know, traditionally, you talk about people moving to a specific area. What are some of the things they look at? They look at schools. Yeah. They look yeah. at, uh, yeah. you know, medical care and the availability of certain services medically. Uh, they look at other things, too, like shopping and, you know, retail and is, you know, can I get my favorite this or that, what have you. But now it seems like people have blown by all of that. And, you know, when they saw the Lake of the Ozarks being portrayed on CNN and other other news channels, that they go, oh, my gosh, look at this place. We've got to move there. Forget the schools. Forget the <laughs> medical care. Forget everything. I want to be there yeah. with those people. And one other quick thought. When I was talking about something, and, and I don't even realize if Ozark's Amphitheater understands what they've done here. They've created other venues for music at the Lake of the Ozarks. Now, you know, Shawnee Bluff. Has awesome concerts. They're, and they're a little bit more intimate. But I like that. You yeah. know, I've seen several concerts over there. My favorite concert was when they had 38 Special over there. It was, it was July it. or August. It was kind of thick. I was wounded. It was thick. Now, yeah. th this wasn't this last year. Oh. It, it was like a year or two years ago, whatever. Oh. And I actually, I, I took the time. I, I got an opportunity to interview Donnie Barnes from 38 Special. Cool. We had a great, we had a great conversation. We, we did a great interview, and then we did... You know, then I got to sit there and talk to him for about another half hour, 45 minutes, and we were just shooting the fat, Neat. chewing the fat, and, and talking back and forth, and, you know, as they say in radio, talking over the fence. <laughs> but anyway, um, he had an album that he had come out with in, like, 1989. It was a solo work that he did. It was called Ride the Storm. Not to be confused with Riding the Storm out with Ario Speedwagon, but Ride the Storm. And... He was doing it with a record label that somehow lost, you know, the master reel, you know, the big oh, tape that had everything oh, on it. Yeah. Come to find out here, I don't know how many years later, his son was cleaning out his uh, junk out of his dad's basement and found a CD for this for this album. And so they went ahead and they released it, and they released it right around the time that they were coming through to do the show over at Shawnee Bluff. Uh -huh. And I talked to the music director, and, you know, I said... This is, you know, I explained the whole situation to him and everything. I said, and they're going to be playing here and everything. Can we add this song, Ride the Storm? It's a great song, by the way, if you ever get a chance to hear it. Um, I don't necessarily necessarily want to say, like, similar to Chain Lightning, the 38 Special does, but a great album all the way around. They do a, a cover version of Chicago's Feeling Stronger Every Day that I just think is dynamite. Almost better than the original, but... Yeah. You know, that's me. You probably feel differently about it. Anyway, the point is, is that all of these other local venues are bringing in concerts. And, I mean, obviously it helps their bottom line um, some in some ways, depending on who it is. 
but, you know, you're hearing more and more of the big-name artists landing here at the Lake of the Ozarks. So Ozarks Amphitheater, thank you for that. And thank you to all of these other local music venues yeah. for doing this because I, I think sometimes there are different places you can go and you can get, you know, into a more intimate setting, Shawnee Bluff being one of those. Where, you know, I, I was at a place hold about a thousand people or so, maybe something like that. I don't, oh, yeah, I would yeah, guess maybe. Uh, maybe a little bit more, uh-huh. maybe a little bit less. Uh, Gail Griswold would know that for sure. But yeah. the point is, is it was such a great show. And, 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 you know, I'm like from here to where you're sitting from Donnie Barnes. Yeah, right. And then I got a chance to talk to him a little bit after the show. What a nice guy. And here's another thing. I can go on for hours about this, <laughs> but I can't because we're getting close to the top of the hour. And anywho, these artists that come down to perform these shows, they love the lake area. Ask uh, uh, what's Aaron, um, the guy that used to be with Stained, that's on his own now. Aaron, I I can't believe I can't remember his last name. Uh, Anyway, he goes fishing with Bob Rankin when he comes down here. Neat. Very cool. And I mean, that's kind of the, that's the thing that, you know, there's, there's some of these folks that come down and they're just amazed by the beauty of this place and they're like... Well, you, Man, you got to put us down, and, and we want to come back. Well, you got to imagine these these uh, you know these guys are obviously this is what they do for a living. They've got not just themselves and their families, but they have all of the infrastructure of their own of the band and the roadies and the the record label and demands and contracts and so forth. So you've got to make money, right? Uh, so you go to these big cities, and you know I, I can only imagine that as a as someone who does the, the, I don't do that stuff, but I got to imagine that. Aren't all the cities kind of the same? And I think there's even a couple of songs about that. You know, uh, this city is the same as that city. There's just different people in a different venue, but it's all the same thing when you look at it. And then poof, you jump from from St. Louis to Lake of the Ozarks Amphitheater, and then back to Kansas City. I would imagine it's almost like let's go to Lake of the Ozarks and have a concert, make a few dollars, and relax. Yeah. You know what I mean? Have a little fun yeah. in between the trip to the next big venue. Well, and, uh, and a lot of these hotels, uh, they put up the, the uh, performers. Um, I know uh, the Lodge at Port Arrowhead puts them up. Old Kinderhook puts them up. Great. I would imagine, uh, I don't know if uh, you know the Lodge or uh, Margaritaville, any of those places put them up. But, you know, they come down here and they're treated like kings and queens, yeah. and for good reason. we got to take a break here at the top of the hour for your information. The name I was looking for, Aaron Lewis, who's played down here. And, and okay. interesting guy, by the way, and, but he loves fishing. Let's uh, jump in. Stacy Johnson with local news on this Wednesday morning with LakeExpo.com, your trusted news source. Also, we're looking at uh, Chris Schneider from Lake TV. He's going to get you all taken care of with sports. We'll take a look at the weather as well. It's all coming up on The Daily Show here on Key Radio. We love it. This is your radio station, Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri, The Key. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, December 15th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Three people were injured Monday in a crash on Route Y. 72-year-old Richard Kennedy of Rocky Mount was driving when the truck turned into the path of a vehicle driven by 39-year-old Larry Fields of Eldon. 
Fields sustained moderate injuries, and Gloria Fields, a passenger in his car, sustained serious injuries. Both were transported by ambulance to Lake Regional Hospital. Another major step has been made for the Rock Island Trail. The state of Missouri has accepted ownership of the railroad corridor, bringing the trail project closer to completion. Plans for the trail system include transforming 144 miles of former railroad that stretched from Windsor to Beaufort, Missouri, into a public recreational trail. The land was donated by the Missouri Central Railroad Company, a subsidiary of Amron, Missouri, at no cost to the state. From Camden to Versailles, the Lake of the Ozarks is decked out with holiday light displays. From the 27-acre display in Lori to religious-themed displays like the one at the National Shrine of Mary. There are amazing holiday lights for everyone here at the Lake of the Ozarks. Take an evening out with the kids and check out the Osage Beach holiday lights in the park or the Christmas Village at Old Kinderhook for a dose of Christmas fun. For more stories like these, head to lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play to get more Lake of the Ozarks news. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. LakeExpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. NBA saw its first game cancellation of the year last night. A COVID outbreak on the Bulls. Ten players testing positive, so the NBA postponed their game against Detroit last night and their game tomorrow night scheduled for Toronto. Again, those are the first casualties of the season due to COVID. On the ice last night, the Blues pick up a nice win on the road against Dallas. They'll be home to the Stars on Friday. College hoops tonight. MSU Bears will be at home against South Dakota State. The Bears 6-4 and four on the season. Mizzou at 5-5 five and five, off until Saturday when they host Utah. The 9-4 and four Chiefs looking to make it seven straight wins. They'll be in L.A. to play the Chargers tomorrow night with first place on the line. The Chargers just one game back of the Chiefs in the standings. Chiefs have scored 351 points so far this year, giving up 268. They're 6-2 and two at home, 3-2 and two on the road. Tennessee, Baltimore, the Patriots, Tampa, Green Bay, Dallas, and Arizona are the other division leaders at this point. College football, Mizzou getting ready for the Armed Forces Bowl. That's coming up Wednesday the 22nd against Army. They'll play that in Fort Worth. Of course, the Final Four is set, the national semifinals. It'll be number one Alabama against number four Cincinnati on New Year's Eve and number two Michigan against number three Georgia in the other semifinal also on New Year's Eve. 
Be sure to check out KB's new show on Lake TV, What's Burning. Lake TV bringing you five local lake area shows, including What's Burning with KB. And you can watch that on Como Channel 90, free on Roku and Fire Stick, and streaming live 24-7, 365 at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part through a generous donation from Victoria Station. Misty Atkinson talks about Victoria Station. We offer a large selection of home accessories and gifts in several different styles, several different themes from nautical to contemporary to traditional. Our goal is to bring well-priced products into the Lake of the Ozarks that serve your home accessories and gift-giving needs. We are located just off the Case Road exit in Osage Beach, and we're open seven days a week, 9.30 to This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. 908, good morning and welcome back into the Daily Show. We are up to a uh, comfy 69 degrees, 6 niner is what you heard me say, on December the 15th. That's right, it is the middle of December and we're uh, nearly at 70 degrees and shooting for a high today of around 73. Wind, rain, it's all possible, severe weather possible as well. So focus on that as you're doing various things throughout the course of the day. It is definitely a day where we can issue a skirt alert. And to uh, put a couple of additional staples in your toupee if you're headed outdoors, <laughs> which I've already done. So uh, we're going to be in good shape. Uh, windy, gusts anywhere from about 50, 55, 60 miles an hour. And uh, we might even get a little bit more than that. So uh, batten down the hatches. Make sure everything is taken care of properly in just, uh, as I said, be prepared for any severe weather we might get uh, later on this afternoon, early this evening, possibly later tonight. So battery-operated radios, so weather radios, make sure you've got fresh batteries. The hand crankers that they have are also available. Keep your cell phone charged and uh, keep your eyes on the skies and check your weather app from time to time just to find out what's going on in the immediate area. 9:10, and we are back with uh, Bill Munhausen also Ike Skelton joining us as he does on Wednesdays, and we uh, continue our conversation. We were talking a little music, and don't get me started on that topic, or, <laughs> or that's all we'll talk about. Right. But anywho, those are you know from the days of working on the FM side and and uh, jock and rock stations and oldie stations and country stations and even what they called adult contemporary. Ooh. Yeah, there's hot AC and then there's AC. 
What? The hot AC is the more upbeat, you know. You know what's popular with some of the kids is popular with some of the adults these Will days. Would that be Paul Anka or no? That's that, that would probably now. be more along the line of oldies. <laughs> uh, you know, I was actually they used. Have you seen the uh, the commercial where they use the Paul Anka song and the guy's doing his laundry, remembering back when he was a kid and some of the clothes that he used to wear when he was a kid. Yeah, no. And how he enjoyed the I, I guess the laundry detergent that his mom used at the time. And he was so enthralled with that that, you know, as a, as a grown-up, he uses it now, too. Okay. Well, yeah. cool. Right. You want to hear a really bad joke? Sure. You know, <laughs> you know why Eskimos wash their clothes in Tide? Because it's too darn cold out Tide. You've heard that before. Thank you so <laughs> much, everybody. Like I'll be here all week. <laughs> Don't forget to try the veal. Be good to your bartenders and waitresses. Yeah, right. 9-11 is our time. So uh, where are we going now, boys? Well, I had a neat meeting Saturday with right. uh, with some from from friends. One uh, being Ron Calzone. Some of the some of the listeners of the show may be familiar with. So, uh, uh, and then some others that have been uh, fairly influential behind the scenes in in gathering very different um, legislation throughout the state of Missouri through uh, time. I remember when I first started getting into. Uh, helping with politics and and starting to work on some things up in Jefferson City, uh, back in you know 2000 2001 when uh, our um, uh, things started kind of going a little bit crazy, and um, a little bit later, and uh, you know these folks were there and they'd been there for a long time and here I come along thinking you know I'm going to change all the world and all this you know and and then reality hits after about uh, one or two times showing up there that you're not going to change much of anything very quick. And uh, which is good because we have to remember that government, uh, especially at the state level where they're making truly laws that are going to affect everybody in the state, or at the federal level where they're making laws that mm, some shouldn't affect anybody, but they affect, wind up f- affecting the entire country, should happen very, very slowly. And it should be very methodical. You should be able to look into it. You should be able to question it a lot and uh, make sure that you have uh, you know as many eyes on whatever it is that they're doing as possible. So uh, it's good that things kind of slow down up there. Uh, but that being said, when we want good stuff to happen, it can also take many, many years to have it occur. So we have to get together every now and again and talk about some of these things and um, how we're going to get things moving. And uh, we sat down and we talked about some uh, different things that we'd like to see happen and uh, then how we're going to get it. And uh, one of the biggest things that we wanted to talk about was uh, some sort of federalism restoration. And for those of you unfamiliar with federalism, is the uh, uh, the layout of, of how our country was designed in that you have a federal government that does the few things that they are supposed to do and keeps their hands off of everything else, which the uh, Constitution, especially the first ten amendments, uh, well, you guys you could say actually the first eight amendments, were, were designed to tie their hands so that they couldn't uh, do a lot of things against the people. And then the ninth and the tenth, which reminded the federal government that almost everything else that they uh, were not specifically enumerated in the Constitution to do uh, was retained by the people in the states. So, but as we have seen over the years, we've seen a lot of uh, a lot of that change. And unfortunately, we realize as we sat and talked that it was the people of the various states that, one way or another whether it was through their elected elected representatives or just directly and sometimes through lobbyists, that gave up 
that authority that is supposed to be in the hands of the people in the states and gave it to the federal government, much outside the scope of whatever they were supposed to do. Well, probably the big uh, accelerating influence in that was the Civil War. Because before the Civil War, there were states that did um, their own thing, kind of separate from from the federal government. And then they did the ultimate thing and said, look, we're not putting up with oppression anymore, and we decided to secede. And, And as modern people, we think the South was the bad guys, but they were the ones who were standing up for federalism. And once they lost... The federal government just asserted their power. They said they basically said nobody's allowed to do this anymore, mm-hmm. and the uh, southern states uh, uh, rela- the re- gave into that. Well, they almost had to, didn't they? They they did. They were yeah. defeated. They had to. Yeah. But as a result, we now have the supremacy clause of the Constitution kind of run wild. Mm-hmm. That whatever the federal government says, that's what we do. Well, then also... And so we're no longer a sovereign state. We're no longer in charge of the federal government. We are now subservient. And there's been a couple of things that helped uh, ensure that, and one would be different rulings by the Supreme Court. But also, uh, look at even Roe v. Wade. What what amendment or what uh, authority did they use to help impose Roe v. Wade across the country? And that was the 14th Amendment, uh, which pretty much came out of the Civil War, just as you mentioned. Right. And, you know, it's, it's tough for me to... Uh, explain it to some folks. I bet you get it, and, and probably a lot of our listeners. But even sitting with my friends uh, here at this meeting, and these people are, these guys I'm talking about are, are folks that think, you know, just like you and I, and maybe even more radical, as it were, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, matter of fact, uh, my one friend doesn't even fly a United States flag. He flies only a Missouri flag. So, uh, <laughs> and, and when he says the Pledge of Allegiance, if he will, Okay, uh-huh. if he will, yeah. uh, he he definitely leaves out the word indivisible. Uh, he doesn't even say the word indivisible. Uh, but anyhow, um, so the Constitution, when when the Constitution was was uh, created and ratified, it was designed and set up for the federal government, and it was designed and set up for the federal government to do certain things that were lacking in the Articles of Confederation. Yeah, I mean the states were looking at it and saying, "What are we missing here?" And yeah. one of the things they said we're missing is some kind of way to deal with other nations because we can't all individually as states deal with other nations. And so they thought the federal government could have that purpose to be kind of the umbrella. Yes, and, and defense, of course, also. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time in the Articles of Confederation, there were states that were one state would trade with another but they might not trade with the other state. Or if they uh, sold, uh, uh, you know, maybe they made an agreement to sell wheat to one state uh, at uh, 10 cents a bushel. Uh, Well, the other state, because they didn't like them, they might try to sell it to them for 20 cents a bushel. So you didn't have that free and honest trade among the states so much. So that's where interstate commerce was supposed to come into play. Sure. uh, To make sure that there was an equity there in, in how they all work together. So we have a few enumerated ideas. And then, of course, the people came together and said, you know what, this all-powerful government at the federal level here, uh, we need to put some restrictions on them also, not just what we say they can do, but by golly, there needs to be a bunch of things that says what they can't do. So then we came up with, they came up with the, tenth, uh, the, the Ten Amendments, first Ten Amendments to the Constitution, mm-hmm. and that's why they call them the Bill of Rights. So when you, when you tell someone that, you know, my Second Amendment rights have been violated, well, who violated them? If the state violated them, there was a time 
when, see, the Second Amendment didn't apply to a state. The Second Amendment applies, and it didn't actually apply to an individual, but for what the federal government would do to you. That's why the very First Amendment says Congress shall know, shall not create any law uh, uh, respecting the establishment of religion or the free exercise thereof. Congress or the abridgment of uh, right. the press uh-huh. or freedom of assembly. So Congress couldn't do that because at the time there were several states that had state religions. Correct. Were there not? Right. So, so you could do these things in your own individual states, but you couldn't do them at the federal level. And I, that is the type of, of federalism that I would love to see us get back to. So instead of saying that someone violated my Second Amendment rights, I want to I start saying someone violated my Missouri gun sure. rights, you know, it, what have you. It's kind of like the separation of church and state. That is a federal federal requirement yeah and it's not a state requirement that's right and, and actually that's even kind of a misnomer the way they play with it well, anyway uh, but obviously yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so but it so, says that congress shall not establish exactly. a religion or prohibit the free exercise it doesn't say anything about what a state can do right absolutely so when the federal government when the supreme court comes along and says that well church a you have to do xyz well, mm-hmm. isn't that violating the First Amendment just in and of itself right there? Absolutely. I think so. And then telling the states they have to comply with that also. Absolutely. So, right. so certainly. So one of the things we tried to do is try to crack that nut is how to return to federalism. And one of the things that we thought about were how many people were really on our side for this? So if you think about the original revolution uh, or uh, war against England, however you want to look at it, mm-hmm. um, did we, how many people were on board, you know, and how long, you know, it took them numerous years. And it says in the Declaration of Independence, through a long years of abuses, uh, that we finally get to this point and decide our independence. Yeah, and even at the time of the Declaration, I still hear it, see it written that only maybe 15% of the country was in favor of it. So, right, so we come to this third, third, and a third, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we discussed that this weekend. It was fascinating. So, uh, where are we today? Do you think we still have a third that want to be free, a third that want to live under tyranny, and a third that are just kind of waiting to see what happened? Yep. Or, you, you, I, I, you know, I, I would disagree a little, only because I think we have about a, a, a quarter that want to live under freedom and about... A quarter, a, a quarter, and not a third. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and a half, and a half that love the tyranny they have, and then maybe another quarter that just doesn't care at all, or maybe the half that doesn't care and the other quarter wants to live under tyranny. So, so how do we restore this federalism? And unfortunately, I think one of the first things you have to do is start re-educating the people or get the people to a point where they've just had enough. And I think we're almost on that threshold that we realize the federal government is as dirty as they are and as tyrannical as they are. And with the current administration turning the screws on us even tighter, uh, people are seeing this. You know, the left is out of the closet. And they're really showing their their colors, their true colors in, in communism and socialism. And I think an awful lot of people are starting to stand up to that. But I am, and I'm not afraid, but, you know, we saw that under Obama. And think about this. When the, the Tea Party movement came about because of things that happened during Obama's presidency or, or right at the end of George W. Bush's presidency, and then Obama took over. So for eight years, the Tea Party and the right, as it were, had this villain, as it were, in President Obama, 
um, and and their policies. And you know, we talked earlier. Uh, well, we didn't talk on. We talked off radio about Van Jones being a self-avowed communist was going to be part of the Obama administration until the public general public got wind of it and he had bowed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but during that whole time, we had this opposition and we had these these ideas out here brewing and this pushback. And then Donald Trump gets in office. Good morning, Matt Burns. How are you doing today, buddy? And then uh, so uh, we have uh, uh, Donald Trump come into office. And it's the, the Tea Party just it was already starting to fall apart. Well, when Donald Trump got in office, the Tea Party just completely dissolved virtually. Yeah. Everybody kind of relaxed and said, well, Donald will take care of it. There you go, my friend. That's exactly right. And we and, see and where that's abso- gotten us. And he absolutely didn't. No, that's absolutely correct. So, so out of this, then, we have to say that, you know, those of us who care that much have to continuously stay vigilant no matter who's in that White House. And the best thing that we can do to insulate ourselves from who is in that White House is to wean ourselves off of the federal government as quickly as we can, but recognizing that the people are not as up to speed as maybe we are, and uh, how, how long is it going to take to bring them along? What is the one thing that most people enjoy in this day and age that we didn't enjoy 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years ago? Modern conveniences, as yeah. is the case. Yeah. And we're seeing how this is playing out, especially on future generations, where when people realize they don't have to do anything to get a desired result, that there's something to do it for them, I think that definitely goes into the psychological makeup of what you were talking about. A third, a third, a third, now a quarter, a half, a quarter. Because I agree with that. I agree with that because of the fact that you, you find people doing less in order to get more, and then government catches on with that philosophy, and they're like, well, you know, if we keep feeding these people rope, eventually they're going to hang themselves with it. So I would look at this from the psychological aspect of it is a lesson we are being taught that there are things out there that can do for us that we don't have to do. And government picks up on it and they said, well, hey, that's, that's great. That's like we, we string these people along with all these social pro- pro- uh, programs. They think we're helping them out when in reality... All we're doing is stringing them along, like it's string a drug addict along. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you know, I think you can look at that when it comes to the money they're handing out because you know, it seems like very few people are concerned about where this money is coming from. As long as it's going into their pocket, buying some new whatever gadget or convenience, mm-hmm. uh, we'll take it today. And it's like we don't even recognize that our children are going to suffer greatly because of this or or. What the, I think. I don't care. I'll be dead. Well, <laughs> well see, there's that thought process. <laughs> exactly. Whereas in yeah. the other side of the coin, our founders, right, said, I don't want war for my children. I'd rather, I don't want a war now, but I'd rather have war now so that my children don't have to. And it seems today it's just the opposite. Let's live the best we can today and tomorrow be damned. Well, you're, you're both right. It's money has corrupted everything. The founders never intended for their country to be a world power. They intended to stay relatively neutral and uh, let the world run its course and and we would stay true to ourselves. And once America became a world power and became the um, the, the, uh, monetary standard for the world, then all of a sudden we became wealthy. 
And as everybody became wealthy, everybody became more concerned with their comforts and their security. And then the, the, the monetary system, the government able to print its own money or through the Federal Reserve, well, then they had an unlimited amount of wealth that they could distribute to everybody. And it's kind of like this, the Chicago system of, gov of politics. You know, I'll give you 20 bucks if you, if you vote for me. Well, now the government is giving thousands of dollars and unlimited benefits to everybody who will vote for big government. And can come into the country illegally. <laughs> uh, that too. <laughs> That's yes. icing on the cake. Yes, yeah, because sure. those are probably big government voters. And that's a different design, though. See, the, these leftists are, are uh, uh, diabolical in what they're doing, and they're very systematic, though. Uh, they're chipping away. They've chipped away for years at all of the, uh, um, the real bedrock things that held America together. So you chip that away. And, and, and human nature in and of itself is already going to pull away from the morals of, of, uh, of how we were founded and how we used to think. So... If you just kind of, you know, throw a little extra something in there, you know, humans don't need a whole lot to go the wrong way. They just need a door open for them, it seems. And uh, Satan knows that. So, so we, we start going the wrong way and we'll continue down there. So then not only do you, do you help erode from within, you then allow a flood of individuals to come in that have no idea what America's about other than making a dollar, uh, you know, and being wealthy and whatnot. And uh, so then they start flooding in and they don't have our values. Uh, they don't share America for what it was. Uh, they share America for what they can get out of it. And, uh, and then as you see the, this flood of folks coming in, all of these processes that they've put in place uh, to help erode self-reliance and uh, reliance on a higher being. And now they start collapsing these systems because it's being overloaded. And now you have to have something bigger to come in to uh, fill the gap. Yeah, you're, you're making it sound a little bit like um, immigrants are not good people. Oh, I don't, I, no, I don't want to. Yeah, when, when you no. say they don't share our values, they, they come from a much more communal kind of society. Uh, if you look at Mexico, for example, their government has failed them. They don't, they don't have a good government. I guess that's okay to say. But Mexicans are very family-oriented, yeah. very community-oriented. Yeah. So they are kind of groomed to be good socialists. Right. So, mm -hmm. so what they come to us with is a good work ethic, but but a an understanding that they should be able to get to collectively get something, mm -hmm. and so they they're not rugged individualists like Americans. Well, you know, we talked about that when we talk about China and whether uh, China would collapse or if if China came into a huge economic downfall, uh, and maybe we caused it by pulling away from all the trade or something. Would China collapse? What would happen there? And we discussed the fact that those folks, as well as maybe, you know, the Mexicans or whatever, I don't know, uh, have not lived in a society to where the rugged individualism and entrepreneurism and the spirit of going out and trying oh, to I do it know. on your own. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 you know, I've been to Mexico multiple times and I've seen where there is a group, there is a part of that culture that tries to reflect what we do here in the United States, kind of like a faux American uh, generation, if you want to call them that, with the music, with the fashion. I mean, if you watch Mexican TV, uh, a lot of the commercials they have on are similar to what we see here, uh, not so much along the lines of the pharmaceuticals, but it's like they're trying to create what we're talking about here this morning through their media and, you know, I think that there are, and, and 
there are certainly areas of Mexico that are very poverty-stricken. I remember driving from Cancun down to Playa de Carmen. It's about a 45-minute bus ride. And you go through some neighborhoods that look like they've just been hit by a tornado like what's going on in Kentucky. I mean, Mm -hmm. but that's the squalor that they live in every day. Mm-hmm. I, I think, but, you know, and, and we, have inst- we, we have instilled and we planted this seed that this is such a great country to live in. And, you know, there are other countries emulating what we are doing just because that makes them feel like they're part, more part of what it is that we're doing. Well, that, that's the shell of what we do, though. Right. That's, that's the result of the hard work. And I must look, folks from uh, uh, immigrants from Mexico are very hard workers, from what I've seen, for the most part, anyway. Um, but uh, that, that is the result of that. And, it is resu- and I'm talking about the entrepreneurial spirit to go out and try something that maybe hasn't been done before to see if you can make it work. Let's jump in, take a quick information break. Stacy Johnson with LakeExpo.com, your trusted news source or source. Chris Schneider with a check of sports from Lake TV, and we'll be back with uh, more of Ike, more of Bill, more of KB, and more of The Daily Show on Key Radio. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, December 15th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Three people were injured Monday in a crash on Route Y. 72-year-old Richard Kennedy of Rocky Mount was driving when the truck turned into the path of a vehicle driven by 39-year-old Larry Fields of Eldon. Fields sustained moderate injuries and Gloria Fields, a passenger in his car, sustained serious injuries. Both were transported by ambulance to Lake Regional Hospital. Another major step has been made for the Rock Island Trail. The state of Missouri has accepted ownership of the railroad corridor, bringing the trail project closer to completion. Plans for the trail system include transforming 144 miles of former railroad that stretched from Windsor to Beaufort, Missouri, into a public recreational trail. The land was donated by the Missouri Central Railroad Company, a subsidiary of Amron, Missouri, at no cost to the state. From Camden to Versailles, the Lake of the Ozarks is decked out with holiday light displays. From the 27-acre display in Lori to religious-themed displays like the one at the National Shrine of Mary. There are amazing holiday lights for everyone here at the Lake of the Ozarks. Take an evening out with the kids and check out the Osage Beach holiday lights in the park or the Christmas Village at Old Kinderhook for a dose of Christmas fun. For more stories like these, head to lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play to get more Lake of the Ozarks news. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. Lakeexpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Tow. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. NBA saw its first game cancellation of the year last night 
a COVID outbreak on the Bulls. Ten players testing positive, so the NBA postponed their game against Detroit last night and their game tomorrow night scheduled for Toronto. Again, those are the first casualties of the season due to COVID. On the ice last night, the Blues pick up a nice win on the road against Dallas. They'll be home to the Stars on Friday. College hoops tonight. MSU Bears will be at home against South Dakota State. The Bears 6-4 on the season. Mizzou at 5-5 off until Saturday when they host Utah. The 9-4 Chiefs looking to make it seven straight wins. They'll be in L.A. to play the Chargers tomorrow night with first place on the line. The Chargers just one game back of the Chiefs in the standings. Chiefs have scored 351 points so far this year, giving up 268. They're 6-2 at home, 3-2 on the road. Tennessee, Baltimore, the Patriots, Tampa, Green Bay, Dallas, and Arizona are the other division leaders at this point. College football, Mizzou getting ready for the Armed Forces Bowl. That's coming up Wednesday the 22nd against Army. They'll play that in Fort Worth. Of course, the Final Four is set, the national semifinals. It'll be number one Alabama against number four Cincinnati on New Year's Eve and number two Michigan against number three Georgia in the other semifinal also on New Year's Eve. Be sure to check out KB's new show on Lake TV, What's Burning? Lake TV bringing you five local lake area shows, including What's Burning with KB, and you can watch that on Como Channel 90, free on Roku and Fire Stick, and streaming live 24-7-365 at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. Key Radio is financially supported in part by generous giving from Firefly Valley Farms, coffee roasters and beverage solutions. Firefly Valley Farms believes coffee is a big deal. It's their passion. They owned a coffee shop for 11 years and have been roasting coffee since 2006. When you order coffee, they freshly roast it and ship it directly to your home or office and you enjoy. Nothing compares to coffee this fresh. Firefly Valley Farms also takes pride in supporting growers that utilize ethical and sustainable processing practices. In addition to coffee, they have a family-owned and operated fruit orchard nestled at the bottom of Hudson Hollow on the banks of the Little Niangua River in Roach, Missouri. Firefly Valley Farms protects our land, rivers, our bees, and our bodies by using only organic pest management. Learn more online at fireflyvalleyfarms.com. The Serving Table provides free meals at Key Gathering Place, Wednesdays 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. and Thursdays 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. It's the continuing mission of Jacob and Carly Lamb to serve people in need. But this is not just about free food. Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Spiritual food is as great a need as the meals Jacob prepares, and we need volunteers to join in so the Serving Table can open every day. Learn more at KeyGatheringPlace.com or search Facebook before the serving table. If you've got a topic you'd like to share with the community, contact us right here at 89.3 The Key. All right, back now here in beautiful downtown Camdenton at the Key Gathering Place on South Business 5 for the final 23 minutes of the daily show. We've got uh, our roundtable discussion going on with Bill Munhausen, Ike Skelton, and Matt Burns joining us as well. We need to figure out how to get away. We'll get another mic so when Matt shows up, he can sit in on the discussion too. Or you can lean in on uh, someone's mic there. 
Um, I will say the BS Nation, their new program discusses the ATF raid, correct? Okay, we've got yeah, that loaded in there, so we've got the new one-part, two-part program on the ATF raid, so make sure that you take some time to uh, give these guys a listen because uh, they get some pretty interesting topics, and they address a lot of the things that we deal with right here at the Lake of the Ozarks. I'm trying to find the lineup for the schedule. Um, I reached out to a friend of mine on this sports complex, and apparently nobody really knows much about it. So I guess we'll find out a little bit more as we work our way down the road. Scheduling on the uh, key for today includes uh, Freedom's Call, following the Daily Show, also Christianity and Business, the Artichoke Heart, the True History Professor Program, HS High School Home School, and uh, the Encompassed Purpose, and then we'll uh, refire them for you at 4 o'clock and then again at midnight. So, again, some great programming. And I have to, uh, once again, put, out, put a little plea out for uh, some local content providers. There are so many people that I see on social media that have uh, something to say. I think some of these folks would love to have an opportunity to be on a radio station and get your message out to the general public and that's what this is all about community radio where we have you know people like Ike like Matt uh, like Professor Paisley uh, so many others Becky Jennings Bradley Berg uh, a number of local content providers but we're really trying to groom this radio station more along the lines of local content and uh, if you'd like to uh, like to be a part of it you can simply reach out to us and uh, we'll sit down and tell you what it's all about and the uh, commitment that we would like to have from you and our commitment to you in terms of getting local programming out to the masses, whether it be on 89.3 or keyradio.live or our Android app or our iPhone app. And people are uh, loading those apps like crazy. So, Beautiful. And we appreciate all of that. 940 is our time. I just, based on the conversation that we've been having this morning, I just wanted to read uh, the headline from a story and see if that kind of fits into what we're talking about here. A jury awards $4 million to Missouri transgender student. Did you realize uh, that, they've reali- uh, that they've done this? A jury has found that a Kansas City area school district discriminated against a transgender student by denying him access to the boys' restroom and locker room. Now, apparently, a Kansas City area school district must pay a transgender student $4 million dollars that kid will be going to a good college if that's what they choose to do. After it refused to let him use the boys' uh, restrooms or locker rooms, uh, a Jackson County jury decided. And this was a jury that decided this, not a judge, but a jury. The jury on Monday found the Blue Springs School District had discriminated against the student. Uh, this is from KSHB-TV. Uh, the school district said in a statement that it disagreed with the verdict and would be seeking appropriate relief from the trial Uh, court and court of appeals if necessary. The student had legally changed his name in 2010 and amended his birth certificate to reflect his new name and gender in 2014, according to the lawsuit. He filed the lawsuit in 2015. Although the state recognized him as a boy, the district denied the student access to the boys' restrooms and locker rooms at uh, Delta Woods Middle Middle School and the Freshman Center, the lawsuit said. How? How? I, 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 You're at a loss for words. I am, man. <laughs> middle now, school? The, the student uh, participated in boys' physical education and athletics in middle school. 
but was required to use a single-person bathroom outside the boys' locker room, according to court documents. He did not participate in fall sports at the freshman center because he could not use the boys' locker room is, is, or restrooms. So this is a biological female? So, yes, she is. No, it's a boy that changed but, his name. But it's a female. Well, if now, it's transgender, it, no, not now. It's always a female. If you were a female when you were born, you're a female today. No, I'm saying that the student was I'd, actually a boy. Okay. And then, and uses, I guess, using a girl's name, and then they wouldn't allow him to. Well, now that let, here, let me let me read back. Well, yeah, we need to if, find if that he's out. a biological male, why wouldn't he yeah. be allowed in the males? Regardless of your name, the or student what you had think legally you are. changed his name. In 2010, well, now don't you can't, but, but and amended his birth certificate to reflect his new name and gender in 2014. So maybe he was a, a girl. Yeah, because you can't you can't go into the pronouns anymore because the newspaper and well, not this newspaper. You're reading off the internet, but uh, uh, reporters are not going to say that she changed her name, name to him. him. Yeah, exactly. They're going to say they're automatically going to recognize that it's a boy. Okay, so so that, if, was, that was my mistake. There. Well, I know not a mistake, but if, if so if, if 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 she was a girl when born and then decided that she was a he and wanted to go into a boy's locker room, I I, I see the issue there then, but I don't see that. Say, good I, luck with that. Well, yeah, I mean, you, why are we awarding? There was no discrimination there. You are a female. I don't care what you put on a birth certificate. And why in the world are we allowing birth certificates to be changed? You want to change your name at a legal a legal point in time? I don't know what that age is anymore, but uh, well, when you early. change your name, you change your birth certificate. And you change your social security card. You change all your but you documents. Can't cha- yeah, but you can't change. Why do you change your gender? Well, apparently you can in, in whatever state that's in. And this is not. I guess state of Kansas, Missouri, isn't it? was it? Kansas City. Yeah. Or was it Kansas City, Kansas? Or do you, does that say? Or, or Kansas City, Missouri? Hold I on mean, a second. I jumped ahead to yeah, look guess at it, something else here. I don't guess it much matters, but uh, I hope it's not Missouri. I pray God it's not Missouri. If it is, look, folks, golly. It says Kansas this, City area. Okay, Blue right. Springs, Missouri. That's Missouri. That's yeah. Missouri that's, side. This is nuts. This is this is nuts. So so this individual can claim that they are something they are not, and then sue the school district for an alleged discrimination that didn't really happen, win all kinds of money, but a federal agency can come into my shop, steal my phone, and tell me I can't do something that I have a First Amendment right to do, and there's no doggone award of a damages for there. How in the how how how, hell. how just say it hell how, how yeah, double how, toothpicks whatever how, how you know how does that work. I, I don't I, I well, don't get this. Here's how it works: the federal government c- continues to think that they're in charge of everything. So when they want something, they just do it. And right. if there is a rule or a regulation in their way, they completely and totally sidestep so it. So let's say this happens right here in Camden County. Here you go, school board electee member, maybe you know, Cam, Camden or a candidate. Yeah, <laughs> tough spot, isn't it? <laughs> What happens here then? Let's say uh, you get a lawsuit because uh, uh, you actually abide by God-given laws and, and the laws of nature and, and God's nature, and you say that when you're born a, man, uh, a girl, you're a girl. When you're born a, uh, a boy, you're a boy, and you're going to stay that way until the day you die. Uh, regardless of what you cut off, add on, change, shave, whatever, I don't care. Uh, drug you take, whatever. You're a man or you're a woman, and that's just, just the way it is. That's what God created, and that's the way I see it to be. So let's say that this sort of thing happens in Camden County School. I hate to put you on the spot, brother, but here you are. To me, and I'll, I'll just answer it to me and see what you think about it. He'll I remember would, this, trust I me. <laughs> I wouldn't even enjoy the lawsuit. 
I w- I w- I, so so you get sued. I imagine it's in federal court. We'll have to maybe look. Yeah, at- I'm sure it would be because it's probably a Title IX violation. See yeah. that the U.S. Department of Education changed Title IX to include transgender in the discrimination portion of that law. And going back to what you were saying earlier, you really have to ask yourself, does the U.S. Department of Education have the authority through the rulemaking process to change Title IX? Um, Yes, the lawmakers did give them some discretion on enacting certain rules, but they have to work within the bounds of the law. And so if they are changing... Or, or making rules that are outside the bounds of what that you know initial law was passed by lawmakers, then really they're kind of in violation as well. Do, you could even go so deeper into does the Department of Education even have the authority to exist? So if they don't have the authority to exist under the Constitution, then uh, do they have the authority to make any rules or any rules that they promulgated have any uh, authority or weight? Uh, yeah. I, I would certainly argue no. So it kind of gets me back to Chris and Hall. Right. Just don't enjoin the lawsuit. And then if they go on without you and you, you don't show can, up. Can you define what you mean by don't don't enjoin the lawsuit? What do you mean by that? So when they sue you and they serve you, you just don't show up. Okay. So you just you, don't show up. So when you lose, then what do you do? You just Nothing. keep ignoring? Yes. What are, how are they going to enforce it? They're going to take your, your candy away? You're not in contempt if you don't show up, are you? Don't care. Who are they going to do? Are they going to come down and jail the school board? <laughs> no, I'm serious, though, guys. Honestly, though, there's a point in time where we're going to have to look at it. This is a civil disobedience, and we have to start looking at things that way. Otherwise, we're playing their game. If, and, and when you, so you, go- don't, you don't show up for court. <clears throat> the decision goes against you, like Matt mentioned. Let's say, for example, there's some financial aspect to this. And you end up having to pay whatever you have to this pay. Four million, uh, whatever the the case is, uh, and then you know what do they come in and garnish your wages or uh, that, put a put a hold on your funding or uh, wouldn't that be neat to find out? Well, we can't hear you, Bill. So you're gonna have so, to so 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 if they so if they so if it's the federal government that's suing, right? If it's a federal lawsuit, mm-hmm. and the federal government or a federal judge says that you owe four million, okay. Well, what's that federal judge going to do to enforce that if you don't pay it? Are Throw they going to in jail? Who? Whomever. I believe uh, I believe uh, the federal government funds the school. Well, see, there's the trick, isn't it? Well, so that was uh, that's what I exactly that's where so, I said earlier so we've got to can, wean ourselves off of that. So they absolutely can enforce it, and the school system doesn't want to wean themselves off of it. They want the money. Well, there I, you go. I, I think that, and and this is. Uh, well, this, this is my the, thing, guys. The Camdenton School District, only about 9% of the budget comes from the federal government. I think, it, I think it's around 5 or $6 million. Uh, the rest of it is all local taxes, state yeah. taxes, yeah. et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So basically, we're 91% locally funded. So you could afford to get rid of that 9%, I think, in the long run, it'd somehow. Be, it'd be tough, but sure, yeah, we need to work towards it, absolutely. I think so. so. So there's that weaning process, so that when this federal judge comes along and says you have to pay $4 million, that's fine, Your Honor. Uh, you enforce that. Where are you going to get it from? How, what are you going to do? Are you going to send U.S. Marshals down there? They'll go to Desi and have Desi enforce it. I don't, I, well, there would be a totally different argument there. Okay, still, fine. Then let Desi pay it. You know, it doesn't mean and, it has to come. And co- they will ho- withhold the money from you. Well, I, I, that, that's a totally different. Then you need, that's where you, okay, this is the system that we have to have. Th- I'm, I'm so glad we're having this conversation. 
I'm glad you brought I'm, this up, KB. I make a good devil's advocate. That's fine, because if you have to have that, uh, that's why the federal government's there. So we, we have to start thinking now about these possibilities and how to make sure that we don't get caught in this trap in the future. And if that means we have to start at the top with our governor, we're going to get a new one one of these days. And by golly, in the next one of the two years, I think we're going to have a new governor. My friends, you've got to start. Unless he gets reelected. He can't. Oh, well, that's, uh, that's we right. got term limits on. Right. Right. So. See, one thing that bothers me about Desi is they are unelected. You know, they are appointed. Right. So you have these appointed people making decisions over the elected officials at local <laughs> school boards. That's right. kind of a problem. You I know? agree. So you're right. We do need to get a different governor, and we need to start working on who these people are at the state level. That's right. You know, passing down all of these edicts and. Because that's where the power lies. I, you know, I think we could get so far as to, uh, I mean, you have to have, if you're, going to st- if you're going to collect state taxes and a portion of that is going to go to uh, education, whether it be the lo- lottery money or gambling and, you know, whatever. I don't care where it comes from. If the state's going to collect that, then you have to have somebody that's going to determine how it's distributed out, and I think it should be tied to the individual. If you have uh, 50 individuals in your school, then you get a portion. If you have 100, you get the same, you know, it's X amount of dollars. Well, that's how you insulate your, your, yourself against that, that, that problem. Yeah. Rather than having elected officials, you have appointed officials because the appointed officials can't be held liable or can't be... Uh, held responsible for any of the mistakes they make or any of the bad yeah. funding uh, that they, any of the bad funding decisions right. that they put out there because they're not elected. So people, and, and just like Matt brought up, most people don't know that. Most people think it's all the politicians, it's all the elected officials. So uh, in a way, they insulate themselves from these kinds of problems. Yet at the same time, you know, every, they kind of just push it all off on the politicians and let the people be mad or glad or sad with them, mm-hmm. while behind the scenes we've got w- w- just exactly what you described. Yeah, and yeah. Did, have have either of you guys looked at the new book out by Victor David Hansen? It's called The Dying Citizen. I've uh, no, I've not read. So it. he's got. Uh, I haven't read the whole thing, but he's got some pretty good stuff in there. And one of them is basically he says. Every year, an unelected bureaucracy enacts more rules and policies than all of the lawmakers in all 50 states. Exactly. And if anybody dare challenge them, then they work behind the scenes to cut them off the knees or totally eliminate them. Exactly what they did to Donald Trump. And that goes on even at local levels. You see it even here locally. People go in and try to reform, try to change. People work behind the scenes who are unelected to try to undermine and and cut them off. And so people wonder, well, why isn't this changing? Why can't we get something done? Well, that's why. So that is a big part of the problem. You've got to go towards that too. And, And that's one of the reasons why I don't like term limits, because that allows that unelected bureaucracy to stay in place for so long that they get institutionalized into what's happening. And every four or eight years, you have to get a- up to speed as a legislator as to how that infrastructure works. That's right. They, and, they view mm-hmm. these elected officials as placeholders. That's right, exactly you know, right. They're really the decision maker. Yep. This person's just the fa- face uh, of the, you know. You'll be, you'll be gone in a few years. Exactly. I'm going to be here forever. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. so they, they kind of waited Donald yeah, Trump out. out. That's you right, know? that's right. So, uh, what do we do about that, Ike? You know, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, 
one thing we have to have at the top, and I think, unfortunately, is a is a uh, uh, a freedom loving leader that can root because there are there are ways of doing it. There's there's ways of rooting it out. You know, you, if these are appointed boards, you could you could appoint different people. First of all, just fire them in mass. Well, and, what was and it? Remove what was it? Nixon mass. did the Saturday Night Massacre. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you know, may, maybe that's what we need. You know, just something like that. Something like that. And then and then once you've got that fresh, then come back and maybe change the rules. Because tell me, I was getting into a Desi. Desi, in my opinion, and it's just me, should distribute the funds that uh, are collected throughout the state for whatever reason, and it should be on a per-student basis. So that's the exact same dollar amount per student. I don't care whether you're in St. Louis. I don't care whether you're in Camden County, Kansas City, or over in Richland. It doesn't matter. Your student is worth X amount of dollars because it's the exact proportion of whatever brings in. And then the next thing they could say is maybe we want to see X amount of credits of math from every school district, X amount of credits of, uh, of, of language arts, and, and so on. It's just lay down some very general guidelines so that we have good students coming out of our public schools and then and then that's pretty much about it and then let the school systems decide but, how to make that but they're work. not going to do that on their own so no no you have to have lawmakers willing to do it you have to have lawmakers or you have to do and i think you're probably in disagreement to this but you have to do kind of what bill has been advocating for have that competition um you know where you have uh, not necessarily a monopoly over taxpayer funds you have uh you know options for parents i know you disagree with that uh, whether you want to call it voucher or call it whatever you want to call right. it. I'm just simply saying that sure. competition will solve a lot of that, and I knew I would get Bill back up here to the mic. Well, well, I know. Uh, I mean, I think uh, Ike is agreeing. The The tax money should follow the student. The, the, gov- <laughs> the government, Missouri has this idea that government ought to make sure that education, that everybody has access to education. And so they have taxes mm-hmm. and they gather the taxes and they distribute them they currently distribute them unfairly or unequally mm-hmm. yeah but if the tax money followed the student then you let the parent do whatever they they choose the the part i disagree is then taking that tax dollar and pulling them out of the public school to go to a private school because why well again uh, uh, the public the public school is kind of a private school it's just a monopolistic private school but it is ruled by a governing board that is which, elected which we decided is that, wrong. That, uh, <laughs> no the governing board the school board that is elected i have some authority over how they get elected and whether they're running the school properly whereas i have no but authority over that private school that now took my money you and absolutely is teaching do your because you can choose not to <coughs> to what? not to do business with that private school well you don't yeah have i have to do that but you every individual who who puts their child in a school has control because they pay that private school. It's, it is capitalism. It's free enterprise. Not if you're taking the tax dollars that are paid in to follow that student and using that tax, to pay that private school. The tax school. dollars come from private individuals like you and I. Why, why shouldn't the taxpayer have control over it? See? I knew I'd get you, Ike. <laughs> That's Why shouldn't the taxpayer well, have that, control over it? Because, well, the, well, the, because the taxpayer's government doesn't want them to have control over it. Well, then let's do away with all public schools. Let's just simply have a voucher. Let's pay our taxes into a, a into a bank, and then every adult that has a student goes and picks a, a check out of that bank and then goes to whatever school you want to. 
that I, I <laughs> well, you do away with the public school system, boy. That's that's going to screw a lot of people. Well, I hate to say it, but well, it's this is what you're this is what you're talking because yeah. half of the people are going to pull their kids yeah, out of it, out of this place that is eighty four million dollars in debt, and, and, and then this place is going to collapse. It would be it would be unrealistic anyway because you'd have to amend the Missouri Constitution, which would require this people of missouri to vote for it with the and, initiative system we have today and they're not going to vote for that i can assure you so you know and, and here's one other thing 84 million dollars in debt uh, how in the world are they 80 what Boy. is this 84 million dollar you're, refer, you're referring to camdenton yes we better so, extend the hour so well, no, so we, we've got about a minute and a half left i'm sorry to say but i, I mean just the the cliff notes version well some of that debt came from when they built the infrastructures, you know, when they built the high school mm -hmm. and Osage Beach Elementary School and Hurricane Deck. But they had quite a bit of debt on the books, <laughs> it's my understanding, before that ever occurred. And how we got that debt on the books prior to those, I have no idea. Hmm. Nobody's been able to answer that for me. I've asked that question. What, did people take in vacations on the school or buy new homes or cars or something? $84 million in debt. Part of it was the way that they've been repaying back the bonds. Didn't I see that? There was like a very, a whole great big chunk paid into interest and very, very almost nothing paid into the principal. But yeah, but that, like that that all occurred after these building projects, what I'm talking no, about. No, right. Oh, okay. I so how, how do we get the debt prior to that? Oh, I, don't, I got you. I don't know. I see what you're saying. I can't answer Was it that. like the lunch lady that was taking kids' <laughs> lunch money for a while? One of those deals where people just weren't paying attention? I don't know what they did. You like, know? When, when Zach, my son, was in school, we'd get these calls every once in a while that your kid's lunch fund was uh, lacking or behind, and I'm like, how the heck is that even possible? Because I was paying into it and making sure he had money just so, you know, he, he, he took his lunch a lot. But that one day that he didn't feel like it or wanted to do something different, I always made sure that he had money in there just in case he wanted a school lunch. Then we're getting these calls about it being, you right. know, you owe the school money. And then they found out this whole lunch lady scandal was going on.